Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? It's going all right. Uh, my Since we've last spoke on the air, my daughter got her uh, driver er, her learner's permit for driving. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is a gift and a curse. <laughs> What's the gift? That I don't have to drive as much. Oh yeah, that's that is a good point. Are you gonna give her the old Mirth mobile? Did you dust off the cobwebs? <laughs> I'd have to drag it out of a junkyard somewhere. Was your car? It wasn't an AMC Pacer, was it? It just no, sort of looked familiar. It was a uh, Mercury uh, Lynx. It was just the same color that light baby blue hatchback. Yeah, it looked <laughs> it looked so much like the the Wayne's World like. Uh, Mirth Mobile, so we definitely stopped. wasn't worth thirty thousand dollars. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the Mirth Mobile shouldn't be either. But like, I totally get it. Like, you could probably put that in a museum if you really wanted to, right? We talked about this on air a yeah. little while back, and I think I might even be lowballing it at thirty thousand. Yeah, but it, it was going into a museum, but it, they fully restored it and. You can go back and listen to the full episode. Yeah. I have no idea which episode it is, but I'm pretty sure in the show notes we say something about the Mirthmobile. So. Yeah. Okay, so we got lots of news to get to it. So let's start out with the most logical progression, which would be the Academy Awards. So um, <laughs> we'll just start out. We're just going to cover a couple of awards. We got so much news today. I was planning on doing a little bit more on the Oscars, but honestly, there's just so much that happened that like we want to keep it interesting. And, and there were some very interesting things that happened <laughs> in the Academy Awards, but uh, maybe the most interesting thing. Go ahead, uh, Brandon, tell us about it. So um, first off, uh, Suicide Squad won for Best Hair and Makeup. And for those of you following along on Facebook Live, we just showed a picture of most of the cast of Suicide Squad. Yeah, all the podcast listeners, too. I keep telling you, just check it out. Uh, go to the Not Safe for Network page. You can see all the images. Like, literally everything we're talking about has images now. Yeah. Uh, we're sort of figuring this out. Still haven't figured out how to keep the cover art on <laughs> for some <laughs> That's reason. It just kind wants of an odd bug. Yeah. Anyway, um, the only person on here that should be on this picture would be Killer Croc. But looking at, they won well, for you hair. You know, he is, he is black, so they already have two black members. You can't put three. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and one Latino, so. Yeah. I mean, wow, they really, they really did their work, you know? <laughs> so why not leave out the most stereotypical one? Even though he's a crocodile, they leave... No doubt that it's like a stereotypical black guy, right? So let's go back to that picture real quick. Okay, hold on. All right, here we go. 
Okay, so again, remember hair and makeup as you're looking at this picture. We'll start on the left. We got Boomerang. He's got a little gel in his hair and missing a tooth. And the fucking the emo <laughs> hair. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that, that emo hair, like where you spike a little bit yeah. and leave the rest messy. Then you got Randall Fl- or uh, Flag. Who's nothing. Got, he's Did got nothing. a crew cut. Yeah, he's got, it's even like a lazy crew cut. Like when. It's not really like a military fade even. Yeah, like when I like shaved my hair, head because my daughter got lice <laughs> and I like shaved it and then like let it grow for like a month. That's what my hair looks like. Now, Will Smith's hair and makeup. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. You don't usually see a beard like that in Will Smith. So that's, that's <laughs> zero hair whatsoever. Yeah. I will say. The afro on Viola Davis, amazing. <laughs> She's got some good hair. <laughs> yeah, she does got some good hair. I'll give that. Uh, then we got one of the few things they, like, the right half, they've got a little bit of hair and makeup. We're talking about Harley Quinn. Got Harley Quinn. She probably had the most makeup and hair. And it's ridiculous to say that's like an Oscar uh, Oscar-worthy like hair and makeup. But that being said, at least... It very well might wind up being iconic because they were able to use that hair to sort of get the the red and blue flair that you're used to with Harley Quinn. So yeah. I'll give them a pass on that one. Yeah. But uh, Jared Leto's Joker? Joker? No. No. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked at great lengths about his appearance in this film. But they just painted him white and put like black tattoos and I mean, teeth doesn't even count with like the makeup, right? And like, like sort of a blackish, reddish make, uh, like lipstick. Some like, really heavy guy liner on. It's just not good. <laughs> now, I mean, they did get creative with Enchantress. Yeah, I not guess. so much on the makeup, but definitely the hair, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it sort of hangs down below that kind of moon symbol that she's got going. Yeah. The banana moon, as my daughter calls she it. She had the uh, witchcraft hairstyle, I guess. Yeah, and then... Uh, what's Diablo. The, yeah, Diablo. He, uh, I guess they did a, some stuff Made him look him, like a skull. Yeah, it's not, it's not so super So, looking great. at all this, is this, awesome? this really the best hair and makeup in all the movies you've seen in the last year? Fuck no. <laughs> I mean, how, how I mean, I was glad to see like they win something, but it, I'm just like breaking it down and I'm not impressed. I'm not glad to see him win anything. I'll be honest, dude. <laughs> that, that movie, like we were fine with it. Like we were fine. It was kind of fun, but like it wasn't a great movie and I don't think it should be Oscar winning in any way. Yeah. I mean, I know I know like hair and makeup, it's it's not an Oscar most people particularly care about, but I mean, even just looking at the superhero movies, I mean, I would even say X-Men Apocalypse did way better than this. I would almost agree with, yeah, I'd agree with you. I mean, I mean Killer Croc was probably the, pro, and of course we didn't show him on that, but you no, know, that was all. He's not on that picture. Uh, Why isn't he on that picture? <laughs> you know I mean, I'm that thinking? was practical effects makeup. So, I mean, there's some stuff there. I'm just not sold on it. No. <laughs> um, no, no. So Okay. So, I mean, just bringing it down, Suicide Squad has as many Academy Awards as Leo. <laughs> 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 
they didn't win sound editing or anything. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm almost positive that is the only gold they took home. <laughs> what was your What was your uh, experience with the Academy Awards this year? Did you actually watch them? I did watch them, and I I didn't watch pretty much anything that was up for an Academy Award. <laughs> you just watch dance numbers. Uh, the the bits they did with Jimmy Kimmel and like they brought in Matt Damon yeah. for a lot of skits. Oh, always a great move. It was there. There was two parts I was literally just rolling laughing. One where because throughout the the show they had where they would have some actor and he would be like watching some old movie and kind of breaking down what why he why they really like like movies and they did that and then toward the end they had um jimmy kimmel sitting down in the theater watching uh we bought a zoo with matt damon and just (laughs) roasting it (laughs) nice and right afterwards they had uh matt damon and ben affleck present uh original screenplay and they introduced him as uh ben affleck and guest (laughs) it's so good and every time the matt damon would talk they would play the play out yeah yeah yeah. no i did i didn't i didn't see the clip um because as people know i i totally care about the oscars but i don't watch them (laughs) like i haven't uh the the podcast was the only one recorded i think when seth mcfarland hosted it was the last time i actually sat down and watched it but i will watch clips from it and uh, boy, there was clips to watch, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure everybody knows what we're talking about, but we'll give our takes on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, I, 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 you know, honestly, I was kind of planning on watching it, and then I spaced it. And <laughs> I mean, that's that is that. The other the other part that really got me is they did a bit where they they have like the Hollywood sightseeing buses like a double-decker bus where they drive by famous people's houses and stuff well they paid the uh bus driver to make a stop where they were playing the oscars and they all got off the bus and like went into the oscars and like right in front of everybody and at first i thought man this was a cheesy cheesy bit but they kept going with it to the point it was hilarious Oh, I just want to make a quick note here. Uh, sorry again to the podcast listeners. I forgot to hit record on the digital recorder. Hopefully the audio will sound okay on the transition over, but we'll see. Sorry. <laughs> I promise it won't happen again for a while. But anyway, let's let's get to some of the other uh, Oscars. So I'm just going to jump through a couple of these. If you have anything to say, just go ahead and say it. Um, I guess I'd have a little something to say for the first one. Best Supporting Actor. Uh, okay. I don't know how to say this name. I've never heard it out loud. Mirshala uh, Ali. Yeah. Yeah. First Muslim to win an Oscar. So that's that's pretty great. Um, I hope that they did that because he had a great performance and not because... You know, when, the, when I was watching the Oscars, because that's about all I've seen of most of these movies is just the little clips they showed, that his performance in just that little... 10 15 second clip was really good yeah and i will say i will say like moonlight has been at the top of my list to watch i haven't gotten a chance yet but it's playing at the myrna loy right now 
So I'm definitely going to watch like that one's happening for sure. It it was going to happen before it was up for best picture. So I've been hearing about it since I think last summer. I think it came out last summer and everybody that I heard like critics talking about it just kept saying like, you know, it's, it's probably the best movie of the year. And that just never changed during Oscar season, which is good. You know, like it's kind of nice sometimes when you like have a front runner emerge and they just stay and I really thought when La La Land was gaining traction, I had actually thought I thought it was a toss up between Moonlight and La La Land. But there was a really big part of me. Like if I was to pick one of them, I was, you know, I was going to pick Moonlight to win because it's just like it's it's about Hollywood and Hollywood <laughs> loves slapping yeah. their own back. You know what I mean? Like I especially I, when you put it in song form. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's about an actress trying to make it. So, oh, like it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's your it's your perfect it's your perfect thing that they like to do at the Oscars to have one best picture. Um, also, it's not just it's not just the Oscars either, right? Like uh, I love Thirty Rock, but Thirty Rock got so many Emmys, and it was because it's about show business. Yeah, you know, so you know that like they love to to pat themselves on the back. They truly do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so uh, congratulations. No, it was well earned. I can I can say with having like, not seen the, it, the limited <laughs> confidence I have. Yeah. Okay. Best supporting actress went to Viola Davis for Fences. Everything I've heard says this is one of those ones where it's like she was best. She should have been up for best actress. But the theory I've heard a couple of times, which I probably subscribe to, is like her management was like, let's see if we can get this to supporting actress so that we can clinch it and get her an Oscar. Because I think they kind of screwed up campaigning in the past, which is why Viola Davis has never won an Oscar before. And she's a great actress. You know, she was, she, and I watched a few when she's been on different talk shows and clips from it and it looked really her performance was great by the way hate to do this callback but like she was what we touted on uh suicide squad as being the best thing in suicide squad (laughs) so you know she's in two oscar winning movies (laughs) how fucked up how fucked up is that (laughs) not that she's in two oscar winning movies but that one of them was suicide squad (laughs) Yep, getting back to that old thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, best actress went to Emma Stone for La La Land. That that wasn't a surprise to me, but I like Emma Stone. I'm happy to see her with Hardware. Um, I I really liked her in Birdman. Yeah. So it was like I I can't say I'm sad for, her. and I haven't seen La La Land. Like it's I don't really like musicals, but I'll probably wind up like watching this one. I don't think I will. Yeah. I, I there, get the, there's not really much that I've seen so far that's been like I need to watch this movie. I'm gonna watch it for a real weird reason that I'll get to later. But um, does it rhyme with broadcast? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, everything rhymes with broadcast in my life. Okay, like it, it's funny. Uh, there's I'm gonna review Crashing for Reels this time. I brought it up last week and forgot to talk about it. But uh, crashing, there's a, a scene in the second episode where T.J. Miller is on it, and he's talking about how 
like you need to do like make your whole life revolve around comedy and he says when i go camping i i go camping so that i can talk about it in my routine (laughs) (laughs) so anyway uh best actor got casey affleck that that was pretty controversial this is one i keep meaning to talk about but i really just didn't know how to talk about it but there was like a a lot of um there was a couple of sexual harassment allegations um against him for that movie which was a fucking terrible movie that that one with uh was a joaquin phoenix i'm still here and uh apparently like he crawled into bed with a, a lady while she was sleeping and like started stroking her back and stuff and they wound up settling out of court but i guess brie larson was like presenting the award and um oh she was pissed when she read that yeah she didn't look happy and it was the second time she had to hand him an award and she wasn't very um congratulatory either time but uh Anyway, so he wound up winning, so there's a lot of talk about like, hey, look, misogyny is still not, still not a thing that we've conquered in the Oscars or apparently in the presidency because we have a president who grabs people by the pussy and brags about it. So that's kind of awesome if yeah. you're a straight white man. And if you're beyond all that, which is a lot to get past, <laughs> yeah, um, Denzel should have taken it. Oh yeah, for fences. Yes, it. You know, and again, I haven't seen any of these movies. So, but I, I started watching Fences and I fell asleep. The, <laughs> the the clip. I mean, if if I just went off of what I saw from the clips, I, I mean, his performance chills, chills. Yeah, I didn't get too far into it, so I didn't. I never brought it up because I fell asleep and I didn't get around to watching it when it became abundant that the Oscars were coming very soon and I wasn't going to be able to see every best picture. I was like, you know what, just going to stay a little bit quiet about this on the podcast till till we get it. So um, that's why we're not doing believable badass or bullshit right now. Honestly, like I just have no frame of reference to even like say shit about these movies other than Suicide Squad, which is probably why we just spent ten minutes on it. <laughs> But, um, uh, so anyway, uh, moving on best director, we had Dan, uh, Damien Chazelle. Is that how you say it for La La Land? Um, this seems to be a thing now, like best director gets one best picture gets another. I think, I feel like it's been a few years in a row now. So it feels like it's at least om- three that I know of. Yeah. I feel like it's like the runner up Oscar now. You know what I mean? Like, I think people like. And I could be wrong, but the way that I've been reading it the last couple of years has been like whatever wins best picture, you know, is like their favorite. And then whatever wins like best director is like their second favorite. It's kind of seemed like it's going that way. Yeah. And then so, of course, we had the giant clusterfuck for best picture, um, which my image just went away. It's so awesome. Vamp for me, Brandon. Vamp. So for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last three days, um, the Academy Award had their biggest fuck up since the 30s. Yeah. So as you can see on the on the picture there, Facebook Live listeners, uh, 
So basically what wound up happening was Warren Beatty opened up an envelope for Best Picture and he was with Fade Dunaway and he looked confused. <laughs> he looked very confused. You know, and it's funny because watching it live, I'm, we're thinking, because, you know, people are watching a lot long here. He look, he's definitely aged quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It made me a little bit sad. So I was thinking, you know, what we're seeing is just really old senile <laughs> baby. Yeah. So <laughs> senile baby. <laughs> senile baby. <laughs> and so I, I just like, what, you can't read it or what's. Because, I mean, it wasn't, watching it live, it was a really awkward, and then he shows it to Faye Dunaway, and she just looked at the title and said, well, she goes, she goes, come on, like, like he was teasing, because it looked like he was, like, you're incorrigible, that's, yeah, (laughs) when I first watched it, it, like, it looked like he was messing with her. Because yeah. I didn't, I didn't look at what the clip was. I just looked for what best picture was. It was just the first thing I looked for. I just typed it into YouTube and looked at. It. So I didn't know what was about to happen. I got mm. to experience it as everybody watching the live broadcast did. But when I first watched it, I was like, "Oh, he's just messing with it." And then on rewatch, because I did rewatch, it was like, "Oh my god, yeah, he looks like what the fuck do I do?" Yeah, and he's like, "Cause," and he's said in interviews since that. Because what was up on the teleprompter and he, what he's looking at his hand is like, this shit doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah. And so what it was, was he got a card that said Emma Stone, best supporting actress, which he says in the microphone later. But so they like, and, and it's for La La Land. So Faye Dunaway just looks at it and he basically like throws a grenade at her <laughs> and she jumps at it. But I think like, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel was joking about that, but when I watched it, it looked like he was looking at her like, what do we do? Like, it's not the right card. And she didn't even pay attention. She, I think she just saw La La Land yep. and it was like, oh, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. Like, I get where Warren Beatty was coming from, but he totally should have been like, uh, I think we got a mistake here. Can somebody... I, I mean, it's embarrassing because you're in front of, like, you know, tens of millions of people doing this when you consider the, the broadcast around the world. But, uh, you know, that clusterfuck, like, it could have been avoided if he'd just been like, I think we have the wrong card here. Instead, Faye Dunaway looks at it, calls out La La Land, and everybody from La La Land Rushes just ascends the stage. the stage. I'm going to put that picture up one more time. So everybody from La La Land like, rushes the it, stage. This picture here doesn't even show. There was probably 20 to 25 people on the stage at the time. This picture was uh, picked very deliberately by me. I went through a lot of pictures, but th- there's a very good reason for it. Um, so... So La La Land, I think they get they have like all the producers give a speech, and as the last producer is giving the speech, the director realizes that oh shit, like uh, the stagehand well, comes up and talks to him, and they hand him the actual card, and he goes oh uh, Moonlight actually won. This isn't a joke, and like everybody's just fucking stunned, and there's so many people on the stage. So then the Moonlight people start coming on the stage, and as you can see, like. He was so graceful, like about it. You know, it they, like they that, were really handsome about it. The people from the La La Land crew, I thought, were really handsome about it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, like, what do you do, man? Like, you got to feel crushed in that moment. Like, oh, fuck. But he was so graceful about it. He, like, hugged the guys from Moonlight. And you then know, the people from Moonlight came up. But I picked that picture, and I'll show it one last time up there. I picked that picture because it shows, like, how graceful he was for La La Land. But it also shows, like, a couple of the producers from Moonlight. Because it is their moment, and I wanted to make sure I captured their moment. But you have to like encapsulate what happened there. And I think like seeing Emma Stone's reaction there is like perfect. Well, she's also trying to like get the people from Moonlight up on the stage. Like this is yeah. your moment. Really. And at this point, I think they're, they're starting to, um, to come onto the stage, but it was just a cluster. Like, I felt so <laughs> horrible, like watching that. And I, I, I've heard like they, they launched an investigation. It was the, the company that was picking the cards didn't stuff, but there is a part of me that's like, and I know Jimmy Kimmel made a joke. I blame Steve Harvey because I, I think it was a Miss Universe contest or it's some beauty pageant. Maybe it was Miss America that he read the wrong card and then they like had to yeah. give it to the, the, they gave it to the runner up and then I was like, oh wait, like it was this other person, but it like increased ratings, made everybody talk about the beauty pageant. So there's a part of me that wonders if somebody did this on purpose, not anybody you saw on stage, but like somebody in the Oscars, it makes me wonder if they like sort of manufactured this to get people talking on a controversy that wasn't like, hey, we're racist like it was last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope that's not the case. But I don't know. Um. Anyways, but my fun story about that. So I had been watching all along and – La La Land has won many awards at this point because they had uh, adapted screenplay. Uh, Emma Stone won an award. They won some other hardware. So as they were walking to the stage, I mean, there was a couple of guys that had two Oscars in their hand as they're walking to the stage already. So I'm like, "Uh, well, they dug another one. Great. So I'm like, I don't need to see the S's. So I go outside as they're starting to give speeches <laughs> to go have a cigarette and have my cigarette come back inside. And it's like, my wife's like, you fucking missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? La La Land didn't win. <laughs> Moonlight won. Did it, you believe her? I was like, what? No. You were feeling for La La Land, or you were just like shocked that that's how it went down? I was shocked that that's what really happened. Because <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, this would be about, something so- that my wife would make up. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. I mean, your wife is way, f- she's way funnier than that. Like, yeah, you know but, what I mean? Yeah, and it's just like, it's, I mean, if she was. Doing that for a joke, it 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 would have been way off the mark because I didn't really care at this point. Because I mean, I've been watching the Oscars for two and a half, three hours now, and I was just like done with it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well let's let's move on from Oscars. Uh, big, uh, actually, one more thing. Okay, so on the celebrity deaths, who got the hammer? Because you saw it, and I didn't get to see who got the So, runner-up was De- Debbie Reynolds. Okay. That, that and her makes daughter sense. was took and, the hammer. 
Oh, Carrie Fisher took the hammer. That is appropriate. That was probably the one that people felt most over the last year. Was Bill Paxton in the mix there? He was not included. I mean, understandable. They probably only had like an hour. Well, less than 24 hours, and I'm sure they already had the film in the can. Yeah. No, they definitely had it in the can. Didn't they say something about him, though? Uh, Whoever, I can't remember who it was that was announcing the Immemorium tribute, had said something about it just before while she was announcing it yeah it's so we'll definitely see i i'm i'm sure we'll see him next week next year maybe not though because they mentioned him so (laughs) that that might be it it doesn't really matter does it i mean he was mentioned but Bill Paxton, that's that's fucking sad, dude. He was in so many goddamn movies, and he's so good as like a character actor. And for those following along on Facebook Live, if you look, I have him. He was the only only actor in history to be killed by on the left a Terminator in the middle, <laughs> one of the aliens, and on the right a Predator. Dude was <laughs> motherfucking killed by. I'm gonna repeat that Terminator. Aliens, Predator. That is fucking impressive. You know what I mean? Like that that is like a pedigree right there that no one else has. That's like the EGOT to the tenth power. <laughs> Did you realize that this year uh Viola Davis is three quarters of her way through an EGOT? What's she missing? The Grammy. Oh, okay. That makes sense. She's going to have to learn to sing. Do you think that's something she would do? (laughs) Why not? She's young. I don't know. Let's go for a Grammy. Can she sing? I have no idea. Did she sing in Fences? (laughs) You're asking the wrong person, but I'm saying, going to guess no. Yeah, if there's musical numbers in Fences, I definitely fell asleep. (laughs) Before it got there. That's not a judgment but, I mean, on fences, by the way. It's like I have narcolepsy lately whenever I try and sit down and watch a movie. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, she's got a Tony under her belt. So, yeah, but that doesn't mean necessarily that she's saying. That just means that she was in a play. Yeah. Was it? Oh, it was fences, though. I think she won the, the Tony for fences for real, though. I, uh, I don't know. I I just know I actually read she's three quarter like a, a headline saying she was three quarters of the way through an EGOT. Yeah, I I'm ninety percent sure that I heard on a podcast uh, a couple days ago that she would be the first person since the '60s to win an Oscar and a Tony for um, the same role. Hmm. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah, Bill Paxton. What's your favorite Bill Paxton movie off the top of your head? I'm not going to say definitively because, fuck, dude, there's like 90 of them. There's so oh, many I, roles. Like, what, what what sticks out to you? I had, like, I had a to- whole thing going, and then this happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sporting this. So this is a Chipotle ale from Rogue. Um, yeah, I uh, I think... 
I don't know. Like Aliens, of course, sticks out. That's pretty obvious. Everybody knows. Game over, man. Game over. I was going to play the clip, and then I realized I only have it in the intro that I can't play because Facebook said no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I fucking I love him and Big Love. Oh. That's one like the show Big Love. I I was I was in like I watched every episode of Big Love on HBO. Um, I'm proud of it. I don't care what people think. It it launched Amanda Seyfried's career. Fuck yeah! Like it's a great show. Chloe Sivani got to be like crazy and like do Chloe Sivani things on it. <laughs> Gene Triplehorn. Gene Triple, when's the last time you thought about Gene Triplehorn since Basic Instinct? <sighs> yeah, you don't know what Gene Triplehorn no. is, do you? That's my thing. Anyway, uh, yeah, Big Love was fucking sweet, and he was great in it. I mean, he was the lead. Uh, that was like a show where he was the head of a polygamous family. Yeah, I I know what it. Um, actually, I, while we are talking, I remembered what I was going to say was my favorite role. Coconut Pete, Club Dread. <laughs> was he in Club Dread? Yeah, it's, he played the not Jimmy Buffett character. Like the he owned the island where and he was basically the washed up rocker. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and that came out with the song Pina Colada Bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really remember liking the movie Frailty, which he started you know, and uh, directed. Um, I remember that being a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it since it first came out, but I remember it being pretty good. I've watched it because I, I own that one on DVD, and I've watched it a few times. And so it must be good. It's if, really good. Yeah, if you gave it a few watches, that's it's got to be good. Um, the other thing I really enjoyed about this is just that, like, um, I don't know, like it's fun, like going through his roles because the dude was in so much that weird science. Chet. fucking chet got turned into a piece of shit i thought about putting up that picture but i was like ah, oh, that's a little disrespectful like i like bill paxton <laughs> i don't want to and by the way i've called him bill paxton every single time that's pretty good yeah. right i gotta say the confusion is always with bill pullman i don't know why but that's what my brain always wants to turn it into paxton I never go the other way it's always like pullman into paxton not paxton into pullman it's very true yeah I, I, I kind of wondered if that was just me or if that was everybody. You know, I think I have the same disease. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bill Pullman. Um, yeah, it's kind of a bummer I never got to meet him and really put that to the test and see whether I was going to call him Pullman or Paxton. <laughs> I didn't call Bill Pullman Paxton, but, you know, I didn't actually call him by his name. It would have been weird to be like, Hello, Bill Paxton. Pullman. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. oh, no. When you went to that uh, show, uh, Independence Day, with where he did the Q&A, did anybody call him Bill Paxton? No, nobody called him. Because when do you do that? I don't like, know. Like, that's a funny thing in movies, but, like, nobody like nobody goes, Hello, Richard Greco. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe you say, hey, it's Richard Greco, but, like, we knew Bill Pullman was going to be there, so nobody was like, hey, it's Bill Pullman. Like, nobody was caught off guard. Most people seem to know him a little bit because it was in his, you know, the town that he ranches in, so. But uh, anyway, uh, let's probably move on. Um, So I want to review a movie. 
I saw an amazing, amazing movie today. They're calling it a horror movie. I would maintain that it's more of a thriller with maybe a little bit of a sci-fi element. But uh, Get Out, directed by Jordan Peele. Dude, this movie is fucking incredible, and you need to see it. It knocked off Lego Batman for a legitimate reason. Like, it is so, so good like as soon as the second i got out of the theater i texted aaron donaldson and i was just like look i know it's tough for you to do a date night right now but you need to go see get out <laughs> and it's not like you wanted to do it but if there was aliens in this movie it would be the best episode of the alien movie project that there ever was because there is so much to talk about in this movie and i don't know how much i can talk about it without spoiling things and i don't want to spoil this movie for anybody but let me put it this way. My Mount Rushmore of horror movies, it's cracked into, which is like, if you count it as a horror movie, I guess. Um, you got like The Thing, Silence of the Lambs, and, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Cabin. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods, yeah. And like Bradley Whitford is in two of them. <laughs> and one of them is Get Out. And like he fucking oh. nails it too. Fun. Yeah. It's so good, man. Like, it's really, it's talking about race, but it's not talking about it in a way that you're used to. It seems like it is at the beginning. And where they go is definitely something that, like, exists. And everybody knows it exists, but nobody really wants to talk about. And, like, they fucking nail it. It's just, like, it's amazing. And then there's a twist at the end of the movie that would never be a twist Oh God, I I don't I don't want to give too much away. But there is like a twist at the end that can only be a twist from this movie being a social commentary movie. And it's so fucking good. Like the acting is good, the music is like pitch perfect, like the tone is good. Like you know how like I mean, you watch like a lot of Key and Peel, right? Yeah. Like, you know how when they do, like, movie sketches, like, how they fucking look like a movie and feel like a movie and everything? Yeah. Like, he clearly has a skill for this, and, like, it is on full fucking display in this movie. Like, he just, he nails it, and I wish I could give more in depth, and I totally will spoil the shit out of it so that people have to scan ahead, but you're going to have to see this movie first. Like, I want to have a real conversation with somebody who's seen this movie, but it is incredible. It's not a comedy. There's not like, there's even like a joke or two that aren't really supposed to be funny. There is one character that it's actually pretty funny, but, um, it's, it's a total, it's just this thriller that has like social commentary running through it. And it's done so fucking well. Like it deserves to be number one and had, it doesn't, as of today, it's a 99, but it had 100% going through the weekend on Rotten Tomatoes, which is fucking impressive. Yeah, that's really impressive. And then the one guy who dissented, I heard, was like sort of racist, like made a lot of racist comments on some of his reviews. <sighs> so it's like, oh, surprise, surprise. But that almost There's that like, fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. But that almost like makes it better for the subject matter that that dude was the one who didn't like it because he's, yeah, I, I won't get into it. But see this movie. Fucking see this movie. And it's not going to go where you think it's going to go. It's not. The way that they present it in the trailer, 
is accurate for what the movie is, but where it goes, it's surprising. It's surprising where it goes, and then the twist at the end is so good, but it'll make you think about why it's a twist, and that makes it even fucking better. Like, see this movie. I I cannot stress it enough. Like, Keanu, I really liked because it was funny, and I enjoyed it, but, like, this is just, like, seriously a good movie that I feel like will stand the test of time. Nice. So, by uh, the time we record next week, I will have seen uh, Logan. So I'll be next week. We'll have a review for Lo- Logan. Yeah. Um, well, while we're talking about Logan, I'll just skip ahead here. So, um, Patrick Stewart, he announced that this is going to be his last time playing Professor X. Uh, he said he went to a screening of the movie and. He uh, he like wound up holding Hugh Jackman's hand through it. Like they didn't realize they were doing it with each other. They just like got so caught up in the screening. <laughs> they held each other's hand and talked about what a beautiful movie it was. And then at the end of it, Patrick Stewart said, "I'm with you. I'm gonna go out after this movie. Like this, this is a perfect swan song." You know, I have heard a lot of great reviews for this movie. Yeah, it looks real fucking good. So I'm. Pretty excited to go see this. Um, you know, it's funny because the day before he announced that, they had and some probably clickbaity sort of site that I end up on Facebook once in a while um, said that he wanted or was looking at doing Deadpool or a cameo in Deadpool 2. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I don't know about but, that. But. You know, I think this would be a great way for him to end playing that character. Well, all the signs point to this being good. All the trailers have been good. All the reviews have been good. I still, you know, I'll see. I'll <laughs> see. I'm always the X-Men critic. Like, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to you straight. But all the signs seem like they're really good for this movie. So I'm definitely going to check it out. So it's coming out Thursday. Friday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. <laughs> I won't see it till Sunday, but yeah, I don't know when I'm gonna get to see it. Um, I'll I'll more than likely see it before the podcast comes. So I, I definitely am planning on making an effort for this one. So most likely we'll we'll have a spoilerific episode next week, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. We got to make sure we both see it. Yeah. That's pretty much like when we do the spoilerific episodes of like the the temple movies. It's always when everybody sees it, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll kind of wait and see there. But um, yeah. So last dance for Patrick Stewart. Um, moving last on. Last dance with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about uh, crashing on HBO. I remembered to talk about it. So, Yay, crashing. Yeah, yeah, so this show is a lot of fun. So um, it features Pete Holmes as the main character in it. It's a Judd Apatow joint. Um, I guess it's based off of Pete Holmes' experiences breaking into stand-up comedy and also uh, Judd Apatow's experiences too. But basically Pete Holmes is the main character and his girlfriend is Lauren Lapkus, who you can see on the right there. And uh, if if she looks vaguely familiar, she's in a lot of stuff. She's a stand-up comedian. But probably the most notable thing, the thing I knew her from, was uh, Orange is the New Black. 
she was kind of the the one that the the new warden had a crush on. Uh, Ooh. You, you look like the gears are turning in there. I, I'm trying to like I'm looking at this person on screen and I'm not 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 making the connection. Not making the connection with Orange is the New Black. Yeah, she was like a guard that like uh that the the warden had kind of a crush on and then he wound up letting her go and it was basically like after he realized that she had a boyfriend, he just let her go and there was no mystery as to why he hired her in the first place, but clearly he had a crush on her. Anyway, so she's like his wife and she's supporting him. Um despite the fact that well, he's like a stamp comedian, but he's in the very beginning stages and he doesn't really know what he's doing. He hasn't really written material that's like particularly good yet. And he's like a and I don't know how much of this is actually Pete Holmes story cuz I I don't know him. Like I I've heard his name a lot, but I hadn't seen any of his stand up. But apparently, at least in the show, he used to be like a um like a a Christian pastor, I think at like a youth pastor or something. And then I think he wound up quitting it and becoming a stand-up comedian. So he's a little bit wholesome, but he comes home after like going to get a a gig and he never gets any, never gets any gigs. And he has to like pay for the two drink minimum to get onto stage and pay all the gas. So he's losing money on doing it. He doesn't have a job. And then he comes home and his wife is screwing somebody else. And it's kind of funny the way that they play it out because the dude like goes to cover himself up and he's using like a hand towel and he's apologizing because he should use like a full towel. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, he feels really bad about sullying like the little hand towel, but um, it's and so he's basically like he has nowhere to live now, and he's still trying to break into comedy. And so the very first episode, he runs into Artie Lang who people know probably most famously from the Howard Stern show, but we definitely know from Dirty Work. Yep. Yeah. And he looks older and way more haggard now. Oh. <laughs> like the, yeah. The heroin. I'm and, not really surprised for Artie Lang because he, he, he goes hard at what he does. Yeah. <laughs> the heroin and the coke have taken their toll. <laughs> But dude's still, he's pretty funny in the episode, and uh, he winds up putting him up for a place to crash. And then the next episode, he winds up going to a comedy club with Artie Lang, and his only job is to not let Artie Lang get fucked up, because every time he goes to Albany, people just hand him drugs. And they literally hand him drugs. Like, he tells them that's going to happen, and, like, it totally happens. But T.J. Miller is also there, and so there's a bit of a handoff, like, the end of the episode, he winds up going off with T.J. Miller to crash at his place. So it's interesting. It looks like every couple of episodes, they're gonna be like he'll probably be crashing at another comedian's house. But it sort of shows how like a stand-up comedian breaks in, and it's funny. Like I like it a lot. Like it's not. I'm not gonna say it's like the best thing out there, but it's definitely could go good places. Like I really like love that Judd Apatow does. And I feel like this has the potential to be as good as that did. Um, so I, I like it. I'd, I'd recommend it. Like, I'm two episodes in. I'm kind of excited to see who the next comedian that they bring up is. And T.J. Miller is hilarious. I can't get enough T.J. Miller lately, you know. Um, loved him in Deadpool. Absolutely love him in, uh, um, oh, my God. I can't think of the name of the show now. Uh, 
uh, Silicon Valley. He's fucking amazing in Silicon Valley. So, uh, clearly he's got his HBO deal where he has to like guest on a lot of shows and <laughs> do that shit. But I'm glad to not see a bad him. deal to get. No, <laughs> no, it means it means you're doing well if you're doing a lot of HBO stuff. It means that they want him to do a lot of HBO stuff. But so I got so my show that I've been I uh, watched the first episode of the new season of Arrow. I'm not sold yet. Not sold? No. Not yet? I'm going to give it a few more episodes. Is this the first episode of the new season? Yeah. So you're getting closer to getting caught up. Yeah. And that's my intent is to actually get caught up and miss some or get caught up on some of the crossover stuff that they're doing. But that's not really my point. My point was I was so kind of let down with... uh, where Arrow was going so far, I started a rewatch of all of the uh, <sighs> Arrested Development on Netflix. Oh, you're revisiting, and, huh? And bringing my children in <laughs> watching that show. <laughs> That's so funny you say that because I just started thinking about whether I should do that with my kids or not. They're kind of on lockdown, academic lockdown right now, so it won't be right now. But I was thinking about it because they like, they're starting to recognize Will Arnett from his voice. Yeah. So <laughs> I was thinking, like, maybe, like, just introduce some arrested development, but I haven't thought it out clear enough to know, like, whether this is something I should watch with the kids or not. It's, it's not too bad. Okay. Um, I mean, you're, Serenity is probably on the fence, but the other kids, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate. I mean, I kind of screwed up and watched with Bob and David with her a little bit, <laughs> and it started to go into the the episode where they keep where David Cross keeps dropping the c word. They don't. They don't get to that point on Arrested <laughs> Development. So, no, I didn't think they did. I just like uh, so I'm a little more hesitant with my comedy to just like throw it at her because it's like that was a real bad job. I God, and I, and I forget because it's been such a while since I've because wa- I've watched the first three seasons of Arrested Development live on as they were on air. Yeah, and then I watched the Netflix season. I just binge watched it. So I hadn't, and that was years ago, like when it first came out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and so I hadn't really revisited since then. And then I would start watching. I'm like, God, I forgot how much I love this show. Dude, there, I mean, there really is so many levels to that show that are hilarious. Yeah, and I, I kind of hate myself for not getting into it when it was first on because I watched the first two episodes and I just wasn't into it. And uh, and I kept hearing from people how fucking great it was for years and years and years. And it finally wore me down. And when I knew that there was a new season coming up on Netflix, I was like, fuck it, I'll just check it out again. And I watched the first episode and I was just like, it's one of those things like all of a sudden I knew the whole cast or at least most of the cast. And I was like, how did I not fucking get into this? But sometimes I have a thing with comedians, but I don't know any of them. It takes me a while to sort of get used to them. Like, I didn't like Zach Galifianakis when I first saw him. Yeah. And like now I think he's funny as shit. But like when I first saw him on like stand up specials, I was just like, who is this guy? Like, He's just fat and he's got a beard. I don't know. <laughs> he plays piano and stuff. Who is this guy? Yeah. But now I'm embarrassed to admit that because he's fucking, he's hilarious. Yeah. You know? And there's just, I mean, I could watch it 
a couple of times and still miss jokes. And I and I was wa- or like after I watched the first two seasons, like I've been just power watching it. I watched the first two seasons and I I looked up online like a lot of the meta jokes and I'm like, oh my god, there's so many there's, you don't even get. There's levels of this I don't get. I absolutely love that, and they claim it was their plan the whole time, the showrunners, but that. They have so many things where it's like they point to David Cross as like closeted. Yeah. And it turns out the whole time that it's Job. It was Job the whole time. <laughs> and that was allegedly their their intention. I believe it because they had so many jokes that just like set up so far in advance, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's just stuff like the character Buster ends up doing Buster Keaton stunts. <laughs> I still this is the one I always point to I thought it was fucking brilliant that like they had so many pieces of furniture with hands and all that stuff with hands everywhere but they like you notice it after he loses his hand but then like I went back and saw an early episode I was like oh my god there's like furniture with hands in the pilot like they were thinking about that before it was even picked up yeah I mean it was that show is pretty impressive as far as comedy goes. Well, so, yeah, it's news from five years ago. <laughs> it's a hot take, Brandon. Uh, well, I'm going to take a hot take with something that we've been making fun of a little bit, but um, I got to say I'm kind of impressed now. So there is a new trailer, and I think it dropped today. It might have dropped yesterday, but it's definitely out now. And it's the brand new one, okay? It's the newest trailer. Don't grill me for the old one. This is a brand new one. Kong Skull Island. We've been making fun of the Universal Monster universe that they're trying to build, but they had a new trailer come up for Kong Skull Island, and it fucking looks like a more entertaining apocalypse now. It's done so fucking well, man. Like, I was sitting there watching. I'm like, I got to see this movie. Like, I, I was a little bit on the fence. I was like, eh, maybe, maybe not. And like, maybe I'll catch it on video or something. But then I saw the newest trailer, and I'm like, I am fucking in on this show. They show them, like, taking down hell. Like, they, they have, like, um, the animals we got to get out of this place is, like, playing. And it's just, like, all the Marines, like, gearing up in their helicopters and shit. And then, like, um, if you look at the poster art I'm I'm showing here now that they've all released, it's all done sort of Apocalypse Now style, like with with, with the the look they're giving. Yeah. You even see the Marines like trudging through the water, like heading off to Kong in the distance with the the way that they're they're doing the sun. But um, like the it's just it it fucking looks amazing it looks amazing there's so much like machine guns and fucking fighting and i don't i can't explain it because i'm gonna sound like a little kid with like pew 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 like fucking murder fuck yeah 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 just like playing with my action figures but like it fucking captured my imagination have you gotten to see this trailer yet? i have not i have seen all the other trailers so far and it's again i've been i was on the fence about watching it all together. Like, yeah, like me, it was like, well, Samuel L. Jackson's in it, so that might be all right. And like John C. Bradley's kind of funny in it. Not yeah, like I mean, hilarious. he looks like a comic relief sort of in there to bring some levity to it. 
But the special effects and stuff that they pull out for the newest trailer, I'm like, fuck, I am in on this movie. And like, I didn't think you could get me to another King Kong movie. I did not think that was a possibility. But like, they're fucking, they're kind of killing it. They're kind of killing it. I <sighs> might get into the Universal like monster movies like unironically now that they've already rebooted away from the Dracula Untold. <laughs> <laughs> At least they made the right move when they like switched the reboots. So it looks like, and this is just stuff I've read off the internet, it looks like they're trying to expand the mega monster universe for lack of better terms. Yeah, um, with totally. Like, the big monsters. Yeah, Godzilla's a part of it. Um, he's a part of that universe. So, like, you know, we were sort of making fun of it before. Well, not really addressing, but Godzilla's a part of it, and they're going to do a Godzilla versus Kong movie. Like, that's a plan that they're having. Um, they got The Mummy coming out with Tom, Tom uh, Cruise, which actually kind of looks decent. Which also surprised me because I was like, I'm not going to get into a mummy movie. But the idea of watching Tom Cruise running from a mummy (laughs) kind of looks cool. And I do like that they have the two like pupils and stuff on the the mummy. I don't know. It's just a fucking weird thing I haven't really seen for effects. But um, And then I think that they're going to do a creature from the Black Lagoon movie. And this one really captures my imagination because for some reason I've always liked the images of the old creature from the Black Lagoon movies, like the old black and white ones. And uh, I just, I don't know. Like, I kind of like the idea of updating it because I always thought it was a cool creature costume. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think? Could you be in, if they're if they're doing like a bust-up job on these other ones, do you think you could watch a creature from the Black you Lagoon know, movie? You know, I think I'm with you as far as because I have always liked the imagery. I've never watched the original Creature from the Black Lagoon. I did when I was a kid, but I don't remember it very well. And I mean, just the old black and white stills of him just coming out, just like head and shoulders above the water, like intrigued me. Not to the point that I'd watch that old black and white movie. And it's just because it never really came around. Yeah, and never it's almost too late out. now. Like with those old black and white movies, it's like we're not going to get scared by them. So kind of what's the point, you know? But it looked... There was always part of me that was sort of intrigued by it. So, I mean, if they put out a legitimate movie, I'd probably watch it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, moving on a little bit because we still got a lot of ground to cover here. So, Mystery Science Theater, uh, they just 3, released. 000. Yes, they just released a still from it. Um, and so, if you're looking at this poster on Facebook Live, so Jonah Ray is the host. He's dead center there in the yellow shirt. It's got Patton Oswald and Felicia Day on the sides there. They're going to play the scientists in the new show. Um, they've also got, okay, Hampton Unt as Crow T. Robot now and Baron Vaughn as Tom Servo. And so I'm guessing that um, they're on a flanking Jonah Ray there. And in the back, those are the original writers of the show. So you got like Joel to the right behind Pat Oswald there. 
I don't remember the name of the other dude, but it was kind of a, like I was. I felt bad because I told you before that um, that they had like they were using the original voice as the robots, and it turns out that's not true. But then I found out like the original voices of the robots had been changed in the show already, so that's not like breaking new ground <laughs> anyway, you know. All right, <laughs> but um, it, have they? Do you know if they've announced whether or not any titles that they were going to watch? So I've heard show? I've heard Joel talk about it and I heard Jonah Ray talking about it. And uh, they didn't say anything that they said, but they said that they're real bad movies. And Jonah Ray was like, you know, I thought it wouldn't be a big deal, but you don't realize how much you live with these movies. Like <laughs> fucking writing jokes about them oh, and breaking them down like you know, minute for minute. You know, I I actually can sort of like appreciate that. How much have we spent watching? I mean, you do even more so than me, because I mean, I we were on uh, box office battle and just <laughs> watching <laughs> some of that. They're just like, oh, why did we pick these movies? Why? Yeah, there was many times where and we were excited you, to grab something, and then it was just like, motherfucker, this is bad. <laughs> And you probably you definitely have it worse on real roulette where I mean there's just some dog shit out there. Yeah. There was no control. No control <laughs> whatsoever over what we picked. Like it was fucking chaos and sometimes it was great, but mostly it was like shit that I would never pick. Yeah. And it was just like And then just having uh, to pay attention where you have to like draw conclusions, take notes and like make it into work is just an extra level of torture. And then that. so imagine doing all of that and then starting to write jokes for like every couple of seconds of the, of the oh. movie and having to watch it again and again to like get the jokes and get the timing. Like even even after all the writing is done, then you have to record. And if you're like slow on something, you might have to like hit your mark again and like do it again. Ugh. Oh, that would be a nightmare. So I kind of get it, but it's kind of cool. Like it was all crowdfunded, and uh, apparently they they got it all paid for, and it's ready. It is gonna hit in April fourteenth. They're gonna drop them all on Netflix. So that'll be fun. Like I, I mean, I enjoyed them in the past, so I'm looking forward to it. And this is something I have a Roku player, as I've mentioned a couple of times, that I watch almost all my TV on at this point. And I have the Pluto channel on there, which is just like it's got something like 30 different channels on there that just like stream stuff that goes. And they have a Mystery Science Theater 3000 channel. Like I spend all of my time watching like toggling between that and cracked videos on there. But like the Mystery Science Theater 3000, I've been watching more and more because it's like the beauty thing of it is you can turn, turn it on at any point any point whatsoever in a, in one of those movies and it's just like you're in because the movies are fucking nonsensical and horrible anyway it's a beauty way to go <laughs> yeah so it's like you can fucking watch these and you can just follow along like really easy you know yeah one thing i did kind of and the way i always watched mystery science theater 3000 was it would be a sunday afternoon watch for me where there is if if I was into golf, it'd be great for me, but I'm not. So, and so I I'd put in Mystery Science Theater, and it's one of those things I could tune in and tune out as I needed to if I was 
doing dishes or folding laundry or just sitting on around the house Sunday afternoon sort of shit where I don't have to follow every beat of something that's going on. Yeah. It was one of those things for me. Um, when I got introduced to, it, I think when I first saw it, I was like in must've been like fifth, sixth grade. And it was on after Saturday night live, like on the, the NBC affiliate that we had. And I think I just saw it once or twice. And then when I moved to Helena, I didn't see it for a while. So I went back to visit my mom and then they had the Ha Network, which turned into Comedy Central. But they would like play the whole chunks of Comedy Central or of Mr. Science Theater 3000. And then when Comedy Central got picked up in Helena, I think it was towards the end of where they started like hacking it into half hour episodes. And so they would like play them in order, but like they would be half hour episodes. So sometimes it would end in the middle of a movie and you'd have to like watch it seven hours later to like catch the rest of it. But like that was when I, you know, I'd sort of realize like you can sort of watch these at any point. That's why they like hack it up because these movies don't fucking make sense to begin with. <laughs> no, they're, I mean, they're not reviewing or watching quality films. Yeah, they're not. Or even like bad good films or good bad films yeah sometimes sometimes they're no not really they're all bad they're right they're all they're all pretty bad but that's what that's what the charm of the show is they just like they make like that's that show might have been why i love bad movies no i'm gonna say that show is why i love bad movies it's just because like there's real value to making fun of them with your friends you know, like they're not as much fun to watch by yourself, but like, like Roadhouse, I've watched it by myself and it's not that great, but fuck, I love watching it with somebody else and just pointing at it and laughing at it and pointing out things, you know, like there's real value to that to yeah. me. Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go there where that's why I like bad movies. Joe Bob Briggs is the reason, period. <laughs> okay. I don't remember Joe Bob Briggs. Explain. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs did, and it was before he was on, did a show late on USA before they did the Up All Night. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I remember. And I can't, it was a Joe Bob Briggs, and I can't remember the rest of the title, but it was really bad. Usually sci-fi movies or. Now that you bring it up, I'm also remembering. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta walk back my statement. Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 was definitely in the line of like I remember watching USA, uh, but before they had Up All Night when they used to do movies most of the day, they had this guy named Captain USA who was fucking this terrible like. He almost looked like a superhero, but he would just like make fun of the movies right before commercials. And then USA Up All Night. I remember Rhonda Shear doing some yep. movies, and then uh, like Gilbert Godfrey doing some movies. Oh, I forgot Gilbert God. Like when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, Gilbert Godfrey did that for a few years. That's how I knew him. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah, you I, know I, I that- found him through Problem Child and all this other stuff. But I originally knew him through Up All. Oh, Night. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, and I guess... And it's just one of those things, like, 
When's the last time you thought about Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> Funny you should say that. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and he's got a podcast called, uh, oh, God, it's like Gilbert Gottfried's Big Fat Show. I don't remember, but it's something about a show, but he talks to washed-up actors and like, gets their stories, and he's been on a couple of podcasts I've listened to because he's always plugging his podcast, so... Um, I, I actually think about him semi-regularly just because of that, but it's only because I listen. I, I'm not joking. I listen to 24 different podcasts, not necessarily every single one, every single episode. There's a couple that I skip around on, but I have 24 podcasts on my feed, and I won't let myself get any higher than 24, so if I want to explore a new one, I will like hack something from the list because otherwise it's just too many podcasts. Um, yeah, but yeah. so I, I, but I, I hear him on things a lot cause he's always plugging his podcast. All right. Yeah. He just happens to be in our crazy world. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, um, we should move on. Okay. So doubling back to the story we were talking about last week, which has some resolution. Matt Reeves. Yes. Matt yeah. Reeves will direct the Batman and Ben Affleck will be attached to it still. DC is saying it. Um, I believe them when they say that Ben Affleck's going to be in it because he put on his Twitter here, as you can see, welcome to the Batcave at Matt Reeves. Um, apparently, Matt Reeves wanted some kind of deal, and they didn't really get into it, but Warner Brothers must have caved in and gave it to him because... Obviously, Matt Reeves is going to direct it. I'm glad to see that Ben Affleck's still attached because I did think he was a good Batman. I do too. Yeah, and um, all the haters are going to hate, and that's fine. Like, Batman Superman fucking sucked. Like, we're on the same page there, haters. But Ben Affleck was good, and I think that a lot of people felt the same way that I did about it. Like, I thought he was a good Batman, so I'm excited to see him and a movie that he wrote because he's been having a pretty good track record with writing movies. Yeah, and it's gotten to the point where like if you believe that William Goldman was the one that wrote all of Goodwill Hunting, which from what I understand from stuff that Kevin Smith has said, Matt Damon said, Ben Affleck said, and William Goldman himself has said like William Goldman just pulled out the main plot of the movie and said all this ancillary stuff, build it up a little bit, that's your movie. And that's what became Goodwill Hunting. But Ben Affleck, everything he's written has been good, I feel like. Like, we've had that. We had The Town. We had Hollywoodland. We had uh, Argo. Like, they're all fucking good movies. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm in. Like, put him in as Batman, I'm in. Yeah. So, I, I was actually kind of glad to see that they were making some honest resolutions out of that. Okay, so we don't really have much more to talk about with that. We we pretty much that's just more like the happy ending to the thing. But the big news that DC rolled out, Nightwing, as you saw on the cover for the episode, Nightwing is fucking going to get his own movie. Who is Nightwing, you ask, because you're not like a super big comic book fan? Robin, the very first Robin. There's been four of them, I think. Dick Grayson. Yeah. Dick Grayson, the first one, the Burt Ward Robin. Uh (laughs) So he grew up, 
And then he decided that he wanted to keep fighting crime, so he sort of went out on his own. And he still works with Batman a bit, but I mean, like, but we got an old Batman at this point. Yeah, we got an older one. We got a Ben Affleck age Batman. So uh, it makes sense that you have Nightwing, like in Batman Superman. You had that scene where they had the jokes on you, Batman, on the Robin costume, which was an allusion to Jason Todd. Uh, it's one of those things like it's speculation, but come on. Like it's it's pretty much from the comics. Like he fucking beat Jason Todd to death with a crowbar, like, who is the, the Robin that followed Dick Grayson. Right. And so if you have that one, that means that Dick Grayson, you know was there and moved on. Yeah, exactly. And so it makes sense that they have a nightwing. So all these people are trying to figure out where he fits in the timeline. Stop being fucking clever like it fits in the modern timeline. Like it clearly to me. It's in the modern timeline. That's been the big thing lately is everybody's trying to figure out where that fits in the whole scheme of the DCU. You're doing too much fucking homework right now to stop it. <laughs> You're thinking way too hard on this because it seemed really straightforward to me. Because, I mean, they when they started this new iteration with Ben Affleck as Batman, it seemed like as they were going along, this was a natural progression for where it was going. So, I mean, I don't think this is really that uh, that far out. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm going to move on, but first I want to play a clip because we haven't played this for a while. Okay, here we go. No, no, no. If it'll... I'm Batman. The best Batman ever. I'm Batman. <laughs> Do you remember that? That won that competition. If yep. it's not, he's not the best Batman, but it was the most memorable "I'm Batman" of all time. So, <laughs> so it got its own clip. Okay, um, that's all I got. Uh, I I did want to to do a quick plug. I used to do the Thin Men with Zach, as as some people may recall where we did like a podcast for the Myrna Loy. Um, the Myrna Loy, as far as I know, and I haven't talked to anybody there, but I talked to somebody who used to work at the Loy, and he mentioned how much funding they got from the National Endowment of the Arts, which just got fucking gutted by Trump. And so the fact that it got gutted by Trump means that the Myrna Loy is going to be facing some financial restraints. Hardships. Yeah. Um, they're going to be in a hard way. And so I'd imagine that we're going to be seeing more and more fundraisers. Nobody's told me this, but um, I, I would be shocked if they didn't. And so there is a fundraiser coming up. So anybody in the Helena area or who's going to be in the Helena area this Thursday, I would encourage you to go to lip sync battle. I'm going to be in the lip sync battle. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and take pictures of this lip sync battle. Are you are you going to it? Uh talking with the wife tonight, there's like a ninety percent probability at this point. Nice, nice. I appreciate it. Um so yeah, if you if you get a good picture, we'll fucking put it up. I'll I'll make it the cover episode. I don't care. I'm not gonna say what I'm gonna do. Brandon knows what I'm <laughs> gonna do. Um I'm not gonna say, but it'll be worth your while. I had to hey, coordinate pay the money, check it out. Yeah, I, here's what I will say. I court like I coordinated with some other people and learned some dance moves, 
and I have like a costume that I put more effort into than any costume since he I was practiced these dance moves. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I fucking practiced them and, way before uh, this competition. I will find a way. Way, I'll, way before in the mirror with no. lipstick on. No, oh, <laughs> the costume. No, uh, the dance move. There's one dance move that I spent a ton of time and like my ankles and thighs and knees are fucking killing me from practicing this one move. But I feel like this one move is going to win me an award. Would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me. and so i will find a way to get a video somehow i don't know if it'll be at the myrna loy because it depends on whether there's a video running of it or not but somehow i will get like i, I can do the dance move at any time uh it hurts me but i will find a way to like put up a video and so next episode for facebook hey, that Live, talk is really hard to pull off <laughs> But I will definitely show the dance where I've worked really hard on it. It's it's copied from a famous pop artist, like the one of the most Just famous. Think goodbye horses. No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but from one of the most famous pop artists ever, and I'll I'll leave it at that. We'll talk about it in more detail tomorrow. But there's gonna be from what I heard word is there's gonna be somewhere around twenty teams or people competing i don't know if they're gonna hit that i don't know if they're gonna go over that i'm actually i have to go to a fucking dress rehearsal tomorrow so i'd imagine i'm gonna find out some more details i think they're actually gonna work on lighting and stuff while we're doing this shit so this shit has gotten real dude (laughs) like i have been in bands and not had to do dress rehearsals or ever like like figure out our lighting situation it'll be fun yeah, it will be fun. But um, come check out the Lip Sync Battle. It's going to be, I think, 7.30, 7.30 at the Myrna Loy. They're shooting for summer. Thursday the 2nd. Yeah, this Thursday uh, for sure. And uh, just please come check it out. If for nothing else, just to support the Myrna Loy. Um, if you can't make it, dude, fucking send them a check, man. If, if you listen to the Thin Man podcast, at least, like, fucking, we just did that like to help out the Myrna Loy. So um, I also did it for free movie tickets, but I also love the Myrna Loy. So I was like, uh, hey, I can get free movie tickets. It's a win-win situation here. Exactly, dude. Like nothing's better than doing charity and getting something out of it. Not just a warm feeling, but actual things, you know? <laughs> but this time I'm not getting anything. I do hope I get an award. There's a, uh, there is a, miss congeniality award or mr congeniality award i want to win that award i have like circled that one and that's the one that i want to win so i i want to win the whole thing too with all of us but that's the one i feel like i can control the most because it's an individual achievement and i think i can win it so we'll find out we'll see if vigilante parade winner alex b small (laughs) did we win oh we we got most humorous we we? did win most humorous for our our float one year. Were you Gandhi? Is that what I remember? No, I was a Chinaman. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> it got real racist on that float. I will, I, I, I will, I will admit there was uh, there were some lines crossed on that. Which float. which Chinaman were you? I was just a man with a straw hat and basically a gunny sack. 
I are we talking about the same one? The most humorous one where we were the the Last Supper, the the martyrs. We were all martyrs. Oh, I thought we won for the the different races, but the one you're talking about, I think I might have missed. Oh. There was one year that I like dropped out and I missed, so I'm betting it was that one. I th- see. I was Abraham Lincoln without a beard. Maybe it was the martyrs. <laughs> yeah, weren't and you Gandhi? And I was Gandhi. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm remembering right. Yeah, that was the most humorous because we were. It was fucking cold and it was raining, and we went by the judges and we were trying to stay warm, so we did the hokey pokey to stay warm. And I remember they were like announcing the award winners in the gym, and they're like. So we don't know what was going on <laughs> on this float, but it was funny. So, and we won it. We didn't even know it was a fucking category. We were so thrilled. <laughs> we had no idea. I remember our friend Kirk was like Kurt Cobain, and uh, he looked nothing like Kurt Cobain except for he had like a plaid shirt. I remember our friend Ben getting really pissed off and being like, Kurt Cobain's not a martyr. He killed himself. And so, like, yeah, we just had all these dumb fights, but. We wound up winning most humorous, so yeah, yeah. There's no most humorous in this one, but <laughs> it, it's definitely ours is going to be funny, if, especially. If I you, feel like that's that should is going to be the theme throughout the, because I mean it it all it all started with Jimmy Fallon as far as the lip sync battle thing. Apparently, it's a show. Well, it started off with a, a skit on Jimmy Fallon. And then it's that spawned the TV show on Spike. Okay, I knew about the Jimmy Fallon sketch. I didn't know that spawned the show. I just honestly just found out about <laughs> the show <laughs> as we were preparing for it. But I was like, all the people I was like with were kind of laughing because I was like so gung ho about it. But like everybody only showed up to synchronize like once. <laughs> and uh, I fucking spent so much time practicing, so I'm I'm ready for this shit. Like I, I don't do anything half ass. Like I go to win, you know. <laughs> like uh, I have a whole box in the background here uh, that I'm not going to show in the video, but it's got my entire costume in it. Like, and it takes a box, and that's just for one number. Like if if we go to the finals, I have a whole get up for another fucking song that i haven't even i haven't said anything to you about like if we go to the finals i came up with an idea that it's going to be really fucking funny uh i hope i get to do it but we'll see anyway please myrna Loy, thursday uh 7 30 uh mountain standard time if you happen to be out of the time zone you're gonna drop by but check it out if not just fucking go to the myrna Loy center website and just drop a donation drop something if you do enough, you can Just get a brick. don't drop a deuce. No, don't drop a deuce. No, <laughs> I've always I've always wanted to donate enough to where I could get a brick. Like they have these bricks that they like set in their walkway, and like they have like Ray Charles has a brick in the Temptations. Yeah, Ray Charles has a brick. Yeah, Ray Charles has a fucking brick. And I talked to somebody at Jester's who was old enough to remember when he came into town. It was in the early '80s. His career was flagging a little bit. And he came in and did a show and fucking brought his whole 50-piece orchestra and just put on a hell of a show. And then he got, like, the, <sighs> the McDonald's. Wow. Yeah. 
And he got like the McDonald's Mac tonight commercials or whatever. Like, I don't remember. Maybe Diet Coke, like you do the right one baby or whatever. You got the right one baby. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, it's Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi. Anyway, that was sort of like rejuvenated his career a bit. But uh, there's a lot of famous people on those bricks. Paul Allen, owner of the Blazers, right here. He used to actually like give a lot of money to the lawyer, and from what I understand, doesn't anymore. But maybe he does. He did Paul. for till at least a year or so ago. Been a little bit longer unless he started giving again. Uh, well, I can tell I this. Know... I can tell this because we happen to know somebody really well who used to work at the Loy. And they told us that he dropped out his thing, and so they were doing they were doing fucking fundraising like like hell. It's part of the reason the Thin Men came about. If you look at the cover, all right, I'm gonna let you in a little secret. If you look at the cover of the Thin Men, I'm wearing like a bunch of blazer gear, and it's not because I usually wear blazer gear, which I do. But for that one, I actually put on the hoodie and made sure there's a Portland Trailblazer thing because it was a silent plea to Paul Allen to please give back to the Myrna Loy again. <laughs> like, that was actually a fucking message to him that, hey, I am a Blazer fan and I fucking, like, help out the Myrna Loy. Please give your millions over to the Myrna Loy. So anything that they can get is going to be fucking good for them it's a it's a great place there's a lot of stuff with the arts uh going on at the Myrna Loy. like please help out yeah. so all right i think i i think i did my piece on the Loy. you got anything else you want to talk about no all right well take it easy then she drives like crazy That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A Not Safe for Network podcast. You take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache, because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not right, and the characters pick up on it right away and they lock him away. (laughs) You know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache, and when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all-around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly.
The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. I know, they're the best. Like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, yeah, I'd be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag Seminilla. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.